Hello, and welcome once again to another edition of TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, where we take an in-depth view of the artists chosen by God to use their gift to glorify Him, the stories behind their music, and of course, how the Lord has been with them in the process. Our guest is a young woman who uses her gift of poetry and spoken word to proclaim the glory of God, and her name is Elia Wilson. I don't think anybody here knows this, but I'm going to share a poem um, it's entitled Father Like Mine. It's a tribute to my dad, who wasn't raised in a Christian household, didn't have the best father in the world, but God, the ultimate father, um, has definitely done a work in his life and has made him a great father to me. Um, so I hope you, hope you guys like it. <laughs> let me go. <laughs> Not everybody has a father like mine. He's not divine, but unlike his dad, he drinks no wine, and so I've never seen in him the effects of alcohol over time. He's not perfect, but he made my childhood worth it, teaching me to fly kites and taking the training wheels off my baby bikes and at nights making me chocolate milk before I went to sleep. And I knew he wasn't weak when he cried. He just didn't want to see me fail because I hadn't tried, and so he tried to teach me to try, to strive to be my best and let God handle the rest. God? Daddy, who's he? I never actually had to ask that question. See, at some point I don't recall, but I imagine he one day put me on his knee and explained to me that he wasn't really my father. He's more like a stepfather, and even though I look like him, I was created in someone else's image. Not everybody has a father like mine. See, he's divine. He knows how to make demons indwell swine, and since he was neither created nor will he die, his very existence transcends our concept of time. His love is perfect. His love is perfect and he makes living life worth it, giving me wind so I can learn to fly kites, the friction between the ground and the wheels of my baby bikes and at nights, hearing my prayers before I went to sleep. Not everybody has a father like mine cause we all know the world is filled with whack fathers and yo, where you at fathers? And do you even know my name fathers? And the sight of you fills me with shame fathers and no, I don't have time to help you with math fathers and I provoke my children to wrath fathers. And sometimes it's tempting just to look at the bad instead of accepting the love and the healing that's to be had from the only good and perfect dad. Cause when I say that not everybody has a father like mine, I'm talking about the earthly one and the divine. But the difference is that with my earthly father, even though I know he loves me and he commands my respect, even when he rejects every boy I think I like. The, <laughs> the, type of love, <laughs> the type of love that he shows is limited by the fact that I'm the child of his wife, and so his life as a father revolves around me. But my other father, see, he's bigger, better, and stronger. He loves longer and wider. Like fire, his love consumes all his children, erasing all traces of other faces and giving us his name. So everybody can have a father like mine in the time that it takes to say, Daddy, I'm sorry. But anyway, on this Father's Day, I think back on the way my childhood went, and I see that when my dad said that God was my father, I knew exactly what he meant. Because my dad down here rep Christ in his life, I had an idea of what my father up there should look like. So on this day, celebrating the fathers of the earth, I give thanks to the ones of my biological and divine birth. <laughs> For the song, for the song you put in my heart, and for the way you made me glad, for the pain and insecurity and heartache that I never had, I thank you, Dad, and I thank you, Dad. This is Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and that articulate voice reciting rhymes, recognizing the greatness of God, is our guest, Elia Wilson. Elia, great to have you on Music with a Mission. Hi, Derek. Thanks. When Let me just say, when I listen to you recite your 
poetry praise. Is that accurate, first of all, poetry praise? Sir? Okay. <laughs> when I, I listen to you recite your poetry praise music, you're so confident, authoritative, commanding in your presentation. Where does that come from? Because um, it, it doesn't appear to come from a manufactured place. I mean, you come across very genuine, but you're quite the young lady. So where does all of that authority and commanding presence actually come from? Um, I'm not really sure. Well, last, I didn't start writing until about a year ago or mm -hmm. a year and a half ago. Okay, so you're relatively new at this. Yeah, I'm pretty new at it. I haven't written that many poems yet. Um, I don't know. I, I've always loved to write. I've always loved to write stories. Um, and I guess um, as, when I started listening to certain kinds of music, um, that influenced me, helped me. Um, to start coming up with rhymes, start expressing myself through poetry instead of just stories, which I used to do before. Listen to certain types of music, like? Uh, like Christian hip-hop, for oh, example. okay, mm -hmm. so that's what's in your iPod. Is that what you're saying? Some of it, yes. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> okay. okay, that's Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a minute because that's one of my pet peeves, too. The Father's Day recital that we heard at the top of the program, I saw that online. Great poem. Written, spoken with depth. Where did that come from? Um, that was actually pretty easy to write. I, I mean, it was, it was all just truth about my dad. I mean, I've he's raised me my whole life, and I've grown up watching him serve the Lord and um, just watching him be a great dad to me, um, great husband, I imagine, to my mother. Um, so it, that poem came very easily. I wrote it on uh, less than a day. I mean, I just sat down in a few hours and um, really just wrote what was on my heart. It was a pleasure to perform it. But it wasn't just about your biological dad. It was about your spiritual dad. Well, you kind of intertwined, as well. you, you intertwined both of them in there. It was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, where, where did that come from? How did that come about? Well, I mean, my whole life I've grown up with my dad telling me that even though he's my father, I'm sort of like God has lent me to him. And so he anything anything that he does, he always links it back to the Lord and says he has a responsibility to do um, whatever he's doing as a father, because the Lord has given me to him. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, since I was uh, very young, I've always had the image of God as my father, because my father was really the one that introduced him to me. Nice, nice. Now, back to the music, which you say has influenced you too. Mm -hmm. What type of music do you listen to? Um, I listen to Christian hip-hop, I listen to contemporary Christian pop, Christian rock. Yeah, because Christian hip-hop sure. and spoken word are really close. Yeah. I mean, they're almost like sister and brother. There. Yeah. Who who specifically do you listen to in Christian hip-hop? Um, I listen to the Cross Movement, uh, Jason, a little bit of Lecrae. Okay. Yeah, well, Cross Movement is good foundation, mm -hmm. speaking as a holy hip-hop historian. <laughs> 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 what about them influenced you to, to take the route that you've taken? I well, I started listening to, to Christian hip hop when I was a freshman in high school, and um, first of all, I liked it because I liked the styles of music that my friends listened to, but not the words. And um, I was drawn to Christian hip hop because it sounded good, but at the same time, um, you know, there was a good message, mm -hmm. um, and it was worship, mm -hmm. um, and not, you know, whatever <clears throat> my friends were listening to. Um, it wasn't worldly, right? Right. Um, and I guess as I got older, I mean, I, I listen to it less now than I did. Um, but I know that, um, one of the easiest ways to get across to people is to put something to a beat or to give it some kind of rhyme or rhythm. Um, and people remember it better that way. So I figured it was a, it was a good medium to express what I was trying to say. Okay. Okay. And when you heard them, 
Did you see yourself doing that too? Is that what is that what you're saying? Um, not really. I mean, I the the people in my iPod are kind of like you know the stereotypical black male, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, rappers, hip hop artists, right. right? And I I don't see myself as a rapper per okay. se. Okay. Um, <laughs> and what and what do you see as just a poet? Yeah, a poet. Mm-hmm. Right. When you say stereotypical, there's almost like a disdain in your tone. What don't you like about it? Well, I don't like that. I mean, there's like a culture behind hip hop. And when people say that they rap or that they're rappers, I think there's a whole kind of there are a load of assumptions that come with that. Which Um, are? uh, You know, they assume you're ghetto or you're Mm -hmm. uneducated or Mm -hmm. you have some kind of chip on your shoulder and you have to express it through rap and Mm -hmm. uh, it's angry, you know. Um, the stigma that goes along with hip hop, right? Okay, and you're saying you're none of that. Uh, I hope not. Okay, okay, <laughs> but yet you listen to it. I do. Well, because um, I mean, it's just a, it's a stereotype, and it's a it's a stereotype that's based on hip hop produced in the world. Um, so, I mean, I think it's it's interesting that we have a hip hop genre within Christian music. Um, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, but um, I do listen to the lyrics carefully and read them before I purchase any of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'd let that be my guide. Yeah, I think lyrically, uh, if the content is God-centered, it should be okay, don't you think? Um, well, lyrically, and I guess I also sort of try to pay attention to the lifestyle that I that the um, the artist is living. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, I'm sure that anyone can go to church and then write good lyrics, but um, I'd also like to know that the person I'm listening to genuinely has a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting about this and what you were saying, the stereotypical view of a hip-hop artist. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a stigma that's very negative, but at the same token, should we be trying to reach that culture? In other words, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. But in order to fish, you have to have some bait. Don't you think that's good bait for that particular culture? Sometimes I do. Um, And I think that's the point of the hip hop, the Christian hip hop movement is to reach out to people um, that are drawn to hip hop in the world. Um, At the same time, um, I think that um, it's possible for um, what we as Christians offer, Christian artists offer to look so similar to what the world offers that it brings no conviction that people can listen to it. Um, the same way they listen to artists in the world and mm-hmm. feel nothing, feel no different. Mm-hmm. So where's the line for you there? Well, that's why I said I um, I try to follow up with the artists that I listen to because um, I think there's a difference between one who's just gone to church and is writing the words and, you know, is just in the industry and one that's that has a reputation for really serving Christ, um, mm-hmm. not just on the mic, but, you know, in his or her daily life as well. Um, and the anointing will come. Sure, sure. If that person does stump their knee or bump their toe, then what? Hmm. Because the Bible does say that we've all fallen short of the glory. Or we've all sinned and fall short right. of the glory of God. Right, and they do. And it, it looks worse when they fall because they're in the public light. Um, but I think where I draw the line, I guess, is how they respond to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've known of artists who have you know committed indiscretions or whatever, and some have brushed it off and acted like it didn't happen. Others have taken time with the Lord and then come back later. Um, I really, I mean, I don't go that deep into it, but I mean, the, I guess the key is, is repentance. I mean, we read 
we read the Psalms written by David, who we know committed murder, committed adultery, um, and yet he was clearly repentant um, before the Lord and was forgiven. So mm-hmm. why can't I do the same with artists today? How do you handle it in the end is what you're saying. Right. You've written a lot of poems. Or, or have you written a lot of poems? Well, yeah. Well, no. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, maybe so. How uh, many? Like seven or eight. Seven or eight. Well, I mean, that's a lot considering the fact that most of your poems are quite lengthy. Yeah. Which is your favorite? My favorite is probably either Portrait of a Soldier or No More. No More or Portrait of a Soldier. Right. Which out of those two? Mm. I have to say No More. Why? Um, because <clears throat> um, I wrote it at a time when I was um, when I had just gotten into college and um, I saw a lot of people around me engaging in different types of lifestyles and behaviors mm-hmm. um, that I'd never really been exposed to before. And um, it was a really tempting environment just to be in, you know, um, there's a lot of pressure um, to just conform. And No More is basically, it talks about lust and the our struggle as Christians against it and um, the value of purity. And um, I like it because I wrote it at a time when it was, when like all around me, people were just, acting wild really right, and um right. and god kept me during that time nice. um so no more is just a, tes- a testimony i guess can we hear that right now sure. no more by Ilya wilson on music with a mission lust it's like dipping both hands into a river made of sand holding it to your lips and watching the sand drops drip you want it to quench your thirst but you've learned to expect the worst and yet even as you sip it you wonder if this time things will be different But with each and every swallow, the familiar pain starts to follow and you leave not the same, but dying faster than when you came. Cause that's lust. It never satisfies. It lies and disguises itself as something you need. Cause lust is a whole lot like greed. Lust consumes those who try to deny its existence or better yet, who only put up a resistance against its symptoms. And it seems like every week they need another deliverance cause their walk with Christ lacks consistency. Sodomy, pornography, masturbation, and fornication are all just players in the same lust game. So don't be trying to blame the sickness that you have on the symptoms cause the symptoms are just a manifestation or a proclamation of the inner disease. Brother, please. You knew what you were doing when you allowed impure thoughts to tease you. And at the same time, with a wandering mind, you lifted your hands and cried, Lord, I just want to please you. And then, as the preacher stood there saying that for those who are in the flesh, it is impossible to please God, you nodded off. Not hearing, but thinking about you and what you wanted to do after, after the service was through. Yeah, I've been there too. Thinking and doing things I thought I would never think or do. But like a soldier in a war, it means death to accept defeat. And I'm not just talking about the wars in the East, but the wars of the mind in which you decide between purity and pleasure. Should I gain the world now and lose my soul forever? Never. Let the devil lie to you, saying the counterfeit is better than the real. Trading eternity for feelings you will only feel for a moment before they slip away. And at the end of the day, you're crying yourself to sleep, counting the sheep, wondering how you ever let your faith get so weak. God speaks in his word that we need to flee youth for lust. And if sin takes you downtown, you get a seat on their uptown bus. This battle won't be won with the strength of a man, but only if Jesus Christ is the one holding your hand. And these battles won't kill us. They only make us stronger till we can bow before God and say, Lord, no longer will I be ruled by my feelings or by your grace have any more 
dealings with the devil, laying down a love that will last forever just to pick up emotions that change with the weather. No more, going for weeks without seeking your face and then wondering why I can't seem to find the strength or the grace to run this race. No more, letting the enemy breach my defenses, telling me I can defile God's temple and experience no consequences. No more, bound to idols that neither hear, see, nor speak, but that have the power to bind your mind, hands, and feet. I rededicate to the Lord my thoughts, actions, and goals, and I say, now, Lord, for your glory come and make me whole. So flesh, take notice. I live for you no more. And every day I recognize that this battle is the Lord's and the weapon of my warfare is the sword of God's word. You heard? No more. More with Elia Wilson. One musical mission continues. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the women. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. It's Times Square Church, the church that love is building in New York City and around the world. Let's get you caught up on what God is doing right here at TSC. Well, Child Cry is a ministry here at Times Square Church where we feed hungry children. You, of course, can become a part of God's provision by donating directly to Child Cry. But another good way to donate is buying a great new children's book, Katie and the Dogs Are Gone, written by our own Pastor Carter Conlon. 100% of the proceeds go directly to feeding hungry children through Child Cry. So, to get the book or to donate, log on to www.childcrynyc.org. So, you're ready to get serious about studying the Word? Well, there are a host of Bible studies available for women, men, young people, new believers. There's even a Friday night Bible study and teaching series. If you want to find out more... It's www.tscnyc.org slash grow for more info. And say, have you checked out some of the awesome music from TSC? Well, talk about your choices. From live corporate worship to choir music, solo artists, instrumental, for all of your spiritual music needs, check out www.tscnyc.org slash music slash recordings. Getting you caught up, updated, and informed on some of the great things God is doing right here at Times Square Church. This is TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis talking with our guest, poet, spoken word artist, Elia Wilson. Elia, let me ask you this. Yeah. When God gives you things to write, how does it happen for you? Is it all at once or is it a couple of lines at a time? Does he tell you to go to a scripture in the Bible? How does that work? Um, it's worked in a couple of different ways. Um, usually it's it's when I'm going through whatever, you know, whatever the poem talks about. Mm -hmm. um, Personal experience. Yeah. And I'll get like a couple of lines that rhyme. Mm -hmm. And um, so I write those down really quickly before I forget them. Mm -hmm. And then um, I just read them out loud over and over. Um, usually pray beforehand. Um, if it's based on a verse, I'll go look up the verse, read it a few times. 
um, and just pray and then read it out loud over and over until right. until I get the rest. Okay, okay. And what do you hope to accomplish once a poem is finished? Um, well, I have a couple different kinds of poems. Like a like a a couple of them are about different Bible characters. Right. And so with that, I think I just I kind of want to bring the characters to life and then you know apply their struggles to what we go through now Mm because a lot of times it sort of seems like they're distant like they're kind of one-dimensional figures you know because we're so used to them Mm -hmm. um so just to bring those struggles to life and um really make it so that people can relate to whatever um you know whatever's outlined in the bible Mm -hmm. um and for poems like no more um really just to uh i guess get everyone drawn in um based on the fact that we all have the same issues we all have the same struggles um, but to point out that there, there's always a way out. I heard someone say the other day that there's no substitute for personal experience, but by the same token, we have biblical characters in the Bible that mm-hmm. show us what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. What's your view on that? I mean, do you think that we have to go through things to actually get the message? Or, or... Absolutely not. Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd be afraid if, if that were the case, because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there are many things that I haven't gone through that I really hope I won't go through. And you hope not to go through. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And things that the Lord has kept me from that I, you know, don't plan on touching. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, it takes wisdom, I guess, to just to accept what God has said in his word. I mean, it's Christianity is all about faith. Mm -hmm. And um, if God says, you know, this thing is wrong, it's going to hurt you. Don't do it. Um, You you can trust what the Lord says without going through it. And you should trust what the Lord says without having to. To go through it. Mm-hmm. That said, once you've gone through it, um, you have a lot to say to other people who haven't gone through it yet. And um, you kind of become, you know, God's spokesperson if, you know, if, you, if you're if you able to be rescued. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. So okay. uh, you use the word wisdom. And I think that's the crux there. Mm-hmm. Uh, wisdom. And, and it's, it's not even so much knowledge because wisdom is applied knowledge. So. Right. You're very wise for your age because you're young. How old are you? I'm 19. You're 19 years old? <laughs> yes. You're not 19. I'm 19. I'll be 20 this year. My, your wisdom clearly exceeds your years, and you count the Lord for that? Absolutely. And give him all the credit and glory? Well, yes. Well, through my parents. Okay. I mean, I think the God, God has definitely blessed me with godly parents. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could have read the Bible on my own, and which I did, but, um, I mean, I look to them a lot for... For guidance, I mean, God, godly leadership is always a blessing. Your articulation, where does that come from? Does it come from mom or dad? Well, dad's a lawyer, <laughs> so he has to be articulate dad's on a, a daily basis. Okay, okay. Um, but mom is mom is pretty articulate as well. I'm not I'm not really sure. I can't I can't pin it on one. Okay, okay. So just uh, kind of in the genes from both. I guess so. Inherited. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so. Why haven't you recorded anything yet? Because the stuff is really good. Why haven't I recorded anything yet? Well, I'm not really sure what I want to do um, with my poems. I mean, I don't really have any experience with recording things. or. With- I wouldn't know that you didn't have any experience, judging by the way you just recited No More. <laughs> you, you 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 recited it like you like a veteran poet and somebody who's been doing this for quite some time. Well, not really. Well, well, <laughs> I okay. well, which is more of a testimony to the glory of God. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. But don't you believe that your work 
will touch and affect other people or, or draw other people to Christ? Absolutely. I mean, that's why I started sharing them in the uh, in the first place. I used to just keep them in a notebook. And, Where did you share them? Um, at well, at church. Um, at the service on Friday, the gate. Oh, you you're at the gate. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, how was it received at the gate? Um, which is what the gate is. Which what? is young. Uh, it's a young people's service, so mm-hmm. people. Um, they range from ages 13 to 29. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's been well received there. And, um, you know, a lot of people have come up to me and said that they were, you know, blessed by what I said or convicted by what I said. And, um, you know, well, has God convicted you to put the stuff out there? <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess he's doing that right now. <laughs> no pressure. Really, no pressure uh, for me anyway. But uh, God will get you. God'll get you. <laughs> I, I want to hear something else. I want to hear another poem. Okay, sure. You, you mentioned another one, which was this is portrait of a soldier. Portrait of a soldier. Yes. And uh, what prompted you to write this poem? Um, this one was a little complicated. I I wasn't even really sure what I was going through. Um, it was kind of just one of those times where I just felt kind of dry and sort of just discouraged in my walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like I um, wasn't really going anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I also had um, a friend of mine who um, was struggling with similar things and um, just just feeling discouraged with life, I guess, and, and felt like um, she should be doing more for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess our combined experiences was really what prompted the writing of this poem. Portrait of a Soldier yeah. from Ely Wilson on Music with a Mission. A cold wind blows through my hair as I stand and survey the bare battleground of defeat. I look down at my feet and see I'm standing on that street that everybody knows goes nowhere. But I've been on it before and I find myself here again wondering why I should play church and why I should pretend that I care. Where is my fire? Where's that empire of desire that I built? Trying to reach heaven by standing on the shoulders of my idols, my emotions. Devotions in our time to ease my conscience for a few days when they used to be about finding new ways to love him, my best friend. When did that end? I told him I love him from now until forever, but how long is forever and when did now become never? Honestly, I want to ask for forgiveness, but I feel like I'm putting band-aids across bullet wounds, seeking life in a place filled with headstones and tombs like Mary coming to the inn and being told there's no room because, I mean, how can I pray? In what way am I qualified to address the God of the universe? The Alpha, the Omega, beginning and the end. The one who condescended to call me his friend before I had the audacity to come to church and pretend that I loved him. Instead of worshiping in spirit, I worshiped him with feelings. Lifting my hands and singing even though the words held no meaning to a heart that was stone cold six days out of the week. And that's why I'm standing here now, looking down lukewarm street. Jesus, do you still love me? People tell me you're the God of second chances, but I'm on chance one million and two, and God, I know that you are holy. So as I kneel here now in the dust of the ruins that I made, God, I'm asking you, please, tell me, what does your word say? And now I find my mind filled with whispers I haven't heard for a minute. I'm hearing that still, small voice again with the power of Almighty God in it. My child, why are you on your knees when you know I told you to stand? Why do you think you're alone when I said I would never let go of your hand? Why are you listening to lies when you know that I am the truth? Because asking me if I love you is like asking me if the sky is blue. Why are you afraid to pray for forgiveness when every morning my mercies are new? 
Why are you ashamed of your weakness when I'm the one that created you? Why do you think you've let me down when I'm the one that's carrying you? Dust yourself off and stand because my love is protecting you. Trust now in who I am, not in the destruction you see, because since I am the truth, reality is found in me. I'm not just an artist who paints whatever picture I happen to see. No, my brush has the power to make things that did not exist come to be. So let's paint a picture. You're a jar made out of clay, not worthy to hold a treasure. But my love needs no container, so I fill you without measure. You're beautiful because I said so, and I'm not a man that I should lie. The weight of sin was ugly, so I took that mess and made it mine. Sometimes you lose your battles and you forget that you're winning the war. But remember where I brought you from. You're not who you were before. You're becoming like me more every day, and your unbelief just took a blow. So come on, soldier, get up. Take my hand now. Let's go. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. First, I'm going to give you applause. (laughs) I'm going to send you an email every day until you get this stuff out there to somebody. (laughs) Come on. This is great stuff. And you know, the thing about it is, is that we've all been in that place. Mm -hmm. We've all been in a dry place. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the latter part of your poem, when God was saying why, Mm -hmm. I think was was the the thing that really got me. Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Why am I? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that where you were? That's, is that what you're feeling when you wrote that? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, this is loosely based on something David says in the Psalms where he's like, you know, my soul, why are you, why are you cast down? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hope in the Lord. He's a lifter of your countenance. It's interesting because it is so much like a psalm, and and in reading the psalms, there's like every emotion that you could possibly ever mm-hmm. imagine is in the psalm. Mm-hmm. And I listen to your poems, and it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I get a variation of emotions. Is that your intention when you write your poetry? Um, sure. I mean, there are so many things that we go through as Christians and as people, mm-hmm. um, and I try to cover the spectrum. You know, there's joy, there's pain, there's um, regret, there's grief, you know, there's so many things that we deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I, I mean, I think we've all had that moment where we sit in the audience and, you know, maybe the, um, whoever's speaking lists, um, a bunch of struggles that people might be going through yeah. and you're like, he didn't list mine, you know, God, what about me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, I try to cover everything that I've gone through and I know yeah. that, um, I'm never alone in it. Sure, sure. There is someone else who is definitely going through the same thing that you're going through, right. too. Uh, what's next for you as far as your work is concerned? Has God given you a direction as to where he wants you to go? Um, not yet, although um, this summer for the first time I've been getting some invitations to do my poetry elsewhere, and I'm just I'm praying about that right now. I really don't know um, whether or not these venues are places that I want to be um, Places that the Lord wants me to be. Okay. Um, I've been going on a couple of outreaches um, with the young people, and I've um, performed my poetry there. Um, but nothing, nothing so far as um, like recording or anything. Okay. Okay. You're saying that some of the venues that you've been invited to are kind mm-hmm. of iffy. Um, what do you I, mean? Well, I don't know the people there, um, and I don't. You know don't the know ministries. the people, right? Well, I, I don't know the people who've invited me. Okay. Um, which, which has never happened before. Okay. Um, and I don't know the ministries um, that I'm going to be, I guess, aligning myself with. I if see. I, go. I understand. Um, I understand. So, yeah. So you want to make sure that God is uh, paving the way here. Right. Very wise. Very smart. 
you grew up here at Times Square Church. Right. Um, all your life? Since I was about two and a half. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so basically. You basically all your life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, family here in the church. Yeah. Your dad serves on. The choir. The choir. Mm-hmm. And mom serves in. Children's ministry. Children's ministry. Mm-hmm. She's in the daycare. Right. What do they think about your poetry praise music? I mean, they're very supportive. My, um, I think they love it. Um, that's part of the reason that I um, was so happy to do a poem for my dad on Father's Day um, because I, I know that, well, he would appreciate the content and the style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to have them, you know, backing me up. Any suggestion for anyone else who is called to do spoken word ministry and poetry praise music as yourself? Um, I would say never write a poem without stopping to pray um, and stopping to make sure that what you're saying lines up with the word Um, because it's easy to just get caught up in the talent. You know, uh, there's obviously some talent involved where you can think of of rhymes or think of clever ways to say things Mm -hmm. um, so that people think about them in a fresh way. Alliteration. Right, exactly, you know. Um, lots of literary tools that you can use, but at the end of the day, it has to speak to someone's soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not going to happen unless the Lord is in it. So I would just say, you know, bathe the whole process in prayer. And if the Lord has called you, it's going to come out and it's going to be good. Ilya Wilson, thank you so much for being on Musical The Mission. No problem. It's good to meet you. You too. But before you go, we got to have one more poem just to take us out. <laughs> okay. Any particular one in mind? Um... I can do uh, Remember Lot's Wife. Remember Lot's Wife. And don't tell me, this is about not looking back. Yep. <laughs> is it, where, did that, where did that come from? Where were you when you wrote that? Actually, that one was um, sort of a special request. I mean, they we put on a play at the gate okay. um, about Lot's Wife, and they asked me if I could write a poem mm-hmm. um, that was also about that. I mean, I think everyone can relate to that. I mean, because we all have this point where we decide to follow Jesus and we can't turn back. Um, so anyone who's been saved for any amount of time, I think, can can relate. Remember Lot's wife, Ilya Wilson on Music with a Mission. She's standing on the edge of a million-foot drop, about to take a leap of faith, and that's where time stops. Because echoing through her mind are the screams and the cries of those she's left behind feels like she's on a suicide mission. With destruction at her back and uncertainty ahead, in her head she's thinking, what am I doing? She's remembering her days spent lazing away in Sodom, a city that was swiftly sinking into the bottomless pits of hell. Who could tell what the difference was between right and wrong anymore? Seemed like there were only spaces where faces used to be since everyone valued the people on the TV more than those in their own homes. And homes have become houses since home is where the heart is and hearts have become fixated on things like entertainment spots and internet stops where you can stop, drop your guard and roll right into the fires of lust where your motto becomes pleasure or bust. So the trust of this woman and her maker diminished over time as she got used to the crime, the wasting of time, the filth and the grime of Sodom. I mean, the Lord couldn't even find 10 righteous people there. So what was she and her husband Lot doing there? The answer to that is unclear, but what could not be disputed was that God had uprooted the foundations of compromise in their lives. He told them to not look back, but to run, because he knew that what we gaze upon, we eventually become. And what are we gazing upon? What are we looking at? 
Is it that adult cartoon where the name of Jesus is scorned? Is it those BET videos that are borderline porn? Is it movies that flood our senses with violence and sex? Is it the screen we live our lives on waiting for the next incoming text? Is it pictures on Facebook where we envy other people's lives? I mean, are we surprised when we come to church and can't even lift our hands? We've turned on a million different voices which all scream different demands. But God's hands are always extended to lift us up out of the pit. So when he offers that way of escape, we need to grab and run with it. Don't look back because that's the way we get trapped in. In a snap of the fingers, the desire for sin that lingers becomes an all-consuming passion fashioned to forever block the escape route from Sodom. And Sodom is a place that we can all find ourselves living. When we begin to say things like, God, I'm not forgiving that person that did me wrong or, but Lord, I love Beyonce and this is my favorite song. Y'all know, we can all fill in the rest. Think of the times that we put God to the test and act like the one that created us doesn't know the best way to satisfy every need. So take heed to this warning. The fate of Lot's wife was that she lost her life because she thought that her past was better than what God had for her future. She acted in unbelief and became an abuser of the grace and the mercy that were designed to set her free. She turned into a pillar of salt bound in eternal captivity. Yes, sometimes it's hard to believe that God knows what he's doing, but trust him when he says you need to stop pursuing this thing that I have not given you because he's God and he's always right. So when you're tempted to doubt his wisdom, remember, remember Lot's wife. Elia Wilson, thank you again for being on Music with a Mission. You're very welcome. (laughs) Take joy, my king, and listen. Send in your letters and and emails to this woman so she can get this poetry music out there, okay? (laughs) Take joy, my king, of what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. By the way, we do want to hear what you think about Music with a Mission. We want your tips, hints, and suggestions. Email your comments to music at timesquarechurch.org. Or check out TSC Music on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, visit the website at www.tscnyc.org slash music. Remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Derek Davis. Join us next time on Music 